Welcome to Like Trees and News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined for this very special election coverage episode. Wow. By Eric. Sorry, it looked like it stopped recording for a second. <laughs> Guys, we are recording very early in the morning. Oh, my God. It took so Eric early. forever to get here because of rush hour. Oh, it's brutal. People um, just going to work. Oh just, boy. just crowding the trains. The trains were so crowded, I physically could not get on. Right, yes. Which is a feat because people will just cram right on there. I have a feeling like a lot of people don't know that about New York City during rush hour. Sometimes like three trains go by and you just can't fit on them because there's so many people. Yeah, it's 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 cra- It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's insane. Just run so, more trains. Guys, we have so much to get to. So much. I don't think we should have a buffer on this episode because there's and for a good reason are you guys ready for this i have so much good news yes there's lots of good news so much good news and i'm not even going to be able to fit all of the good news on this episode but i wanted to get right into election coverage get into it so there there was some bad stuff that happened so we'll get to that first but honestly guys 90 percent of this episode is going to be good news i feel like the bad stuff that happened was like with the election yesterday, it felt like a lot of the bad stuff was just, like, bad stuff that was kind of predicted to happen. There wasn't uh, a ton of, like, bad upsets. So, let's get into it. Guys, here's your bad news. So, yeah. To go back what you were saying to what you were saying about there being a lot of like stuff that was predicted to be bad. So obviously voter suppression. Yeah. Um Stacey Abrams, I wanted to shout her out, has not conceded yet. Yeah, and for good reason. <laughs> As of this recording. And the good reason is that Brian Kemp did everything in his power to rig the Georgia election in his favor. I told I was at work last night watching the election coverage like on my computer, and uh, the, a couple of my employee—not uh, co- my employees, my coworkers. <laughs> wow, <laughs> ego trip. <laughs> um, a couple of my coworkers like um, are not as uh, uh, tapped into the political world for good reason sure. because I'm a maniac. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I was like explaining the Georgia race to them and they're like, what's going on? I was like, well, the guy that's running for governor in Georgia is also the guy that's in charge of the elections. And they were like, how? And I was like, I know, yeah, I know it doesn't make sense. I like, if that was the standard, any other place, like if there was a job, if you worked at a business and there was a, a job opening and the guy in charge of hiring also applied for that position, everyone would be like, this is bullshit. You can't do that. That's insane. Hello, I'd like to interview this job. You're hired. <laughs> right. Like, what? But for some fucking reason, uh-huh. in the state of Georgia... <laughs> yeah, it's, in, it's ridiculous. It's allowed. Um, so there was so much voter suppression, and, and there were, like, you know, uh, some of the polls in Atlanta had to be extended until like 10 p.m. or later yeah, Eastern. Yeah, it was wild. If you were watching the live election results, um, unless you have a life. I mean, Eric and I do not. No, so or, we were doing that. Not. And for the longest time in Georgia, it was like 20%. Uh, mm-hmm. 20% of the votes are in. Twenty And like a lot of people were asking me, like, why is it taking so long? And I kind of remember this is always an issue in Georgia because Atlanta, yeah. it takes them forever. Well, there's so many. Atlanta is a big place. It's in case huge. You didn't know. 
Uh, and like there were polling places in Atlanta. Like God, Atlanta, I don't think people have an accurate grasp of how big Atlanta is because a lot of the times in like when you look at population counts, mm-hmm. certain places will have Atlanta listed as like the 30th major city in the which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's top right. 10 because it's kind of like LA. It's sprawl. So yes. a lot of the places in Atlanta don't get counted as like the official Atlanta. Atlanta is huge, guys. Right. It's huge. And a lot of these polling places, there were polling places in Atlanta that had three scanners. Yeah. For like hundreds of thousands of voters. Well, that's another thing I wanted to talk about. There was a lot of, and this is why I'm putting it in the bad news section, there was a lot of voting issues. Yep. Uh, New York City, obviously, I know the most about just because I live here and I've, I saw the stuff my friends were going through. Uh, everything broke in New York City. Everything broke. Did you see the video at the Brooklyn Public Library? I Every single scanner broke. Oh, my God. And so just like a word of advice, if that happens to anyone, there's still no reason you should leave without voting. Yeah. So, like, you can still fill out your ballot. What the voting volunteers are supposed to do is put those ballots in a safe area. So uh-huh. that can be like a lockbox or even like an envelope. Yeah. But they're supposed to still take them from you. And right. what they'll do is when the Board of Elections shows up to fix the scanners, then they'll just scan all the ballots. Right. But there's no reason that like, I understand people were frustrated. I understand people have to get to work. Obviously, I don't want to like victim blame. It's not their fault. But it was heartbreaking to hear about people like dropping their ballots on the ground and like walking away. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't do that. Oh, no, absolutely <laughs> if you, not. If you, can, if you can help it, still, like, fill out the ballots. Yeah. But obviously, like, what the fuck is New York City's deal? It's, Why don't we have same-day registration? It just doesn't Why make don't it, we have early voting? Why don't we have early voting? New York City does not have early people voting. In this, it's 8 million people in the city, and they want everyone to vote within a 15-hour window. That's, That's ridiculous. Uh, for instance, just I have a very non-important life. I'm busy all 15 hours today. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. if if voting was today, I would be hard pressed to find time to do it. For sure, for sure. Yeah, it's it's that's the next thing I think progressives really have to get serious about. We need early voting. There is state we need mail in voting. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, and yeah, and just like also, you had two years to prep for the election. Why are all the scanners broken? Right. <laughs> like yeah, no, but I mean even. When you have 8 million people who live in a city, right, even if everything is, like, top-notch yeah. at the Board of Elections, shit's going to go wrong. Shit's going to go wrong. I, like, I was seeing my friends waiting. Some of them were waiting, like, three hours to vote. Yeah. Holy fucking shit. I had a very good voting experience, but... Me too. I, like, oh, boy, I can't yeah. imagine. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, but, yeah, it's good that... Because so many of the polls went late in Georgia... They couldn't possibly have counted everything. So right. it's, like, good that Stacey Abrams is not conceding. Like, it, I agree. Ne- it needs to be, uh, she should not concede until, like, the Board of Elections officially declares a winner. Yes. Uh, also, I got to talk to my fellow white women for a second. Oh, boy. Uh, yet again, uh, they are, we are, I don't want to distance myself from white women. <laughs> the reason that Ted Cruz won. Yep. Uh, the but they were like the deciding vote in several races: uh, Florida, Georgia, Texas. Time and time again, white women voted conservative, 
And that's not to let white men off the hook, obviously, because in those races as well, white men did it. Yeah, but look, but, we all know we're bad, all right? But, like, <laughs> white men, I at least get why you're doing it. Uh-huh. Because, <laughs> Eric, you're representing them right yeah. now. I'm sorry. Even though you didn't vote for the GOP. Um, you don't know that. I, can you imagine? <laughs> I get at least why white men are doing it, because they're, like, trying to preserve their authority. White women, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? I don't, yeah, do you, what, why is that? It, I think it's multifaceted. I think it's a lot of internalized misogyny. I never think you can discount racism. I, yeah, I, I kind of think, I think my gut instinct based on nothing is that racism is the, largest deciding factor yeah and i don't want to dismiss the possibility of you know living in like an abusive household and like the patriarchy and all of that but i don't i do not believe millions and millions of white women keep voting for the gop because they live in abusive households no no, no. i think yeah i mean obviously there's part of that yeah. you know of course that sure. there's no like silver bullet reason that any voting block votes for anything, right? I mean, when, you have, when you're dealing with that right. many people, there's always, it's multifaceted. Different but I, motives, yeah. Yeah, but I think, I mean, obviously there's internalized misogyny, but it, it, that doesn't ring true to me, you know, why they would ultimately vote for the G, GOP. I, I think a lot of it comes from, especially in Texas, uh, racist fear about immigrants. Um yeah. And uh, just, you know, be, yeah. white, men, white women are such an interesting voting block because it's like they are marginalized in some ways, obviously, uh, but they still have a lot of power as white women. Um, mm -hmm. And so they're still trying to, you know, I think hold on to that a little bit yeah um you know they always joke on twitter about like uh can i talk to your manager culture right. but there is something to that yeah i think white women a lot of them value their whiteness over yeah. their gender i think so and that's because they see as you said a lot of power in their race i think so and they see you know whether it's people of color running for office, people of color um, coming to the country as immigrants, this is all a threat to their whiteness, a.k.a. their power. Yeah. And that's a huge part of it, too. There's also a lot of overlap with, like, religious extremism. Sure. And, yeah. you know, that, the, can, that can't be discounted. in the church, like, the man being the head of the household, uh -huh. and therefore we do what the man wants us to do. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that stuff, too. But I, I do think the, the power of whiteness is a huge issue. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, man, Beto's concession speech. Yeah. Ugh. I think I, that's one of the, that's kind of what what I was thinking of when I said earlier. Like a lot of the bad news was sort of like it's bad, but sort of like not an upset. Like like all these governor races, like DeSantis and Cruz. Yeah. And I mean, we'll see about Kemp. I don't know, but it's like th those are bad, but it's sort of like a toss up whether it was going to happen or not, you know, mm -hmm. and kind of predicted that it sure. would. So it's, it's hard to be upset about what it. I was, it what I was saying to everybody and I think should be the main takeaway of this election is there were huge victories. We're going to get to them in, in just a few seconds, but there were so many moments where 
progressives were planting seeds for future victories. Yeah, I mean the fact that Beto brought it that hard in Texas is huge. And our family, all of whom are here tonight, for being such great examples to me. I love you guys. I want to thank this amazing campaign of people, not a dime from a single pack, all people, all the time, in every single part of Texas. All of you showing the country how you do this. I'm so fucking proud of you guys. And David, and Jody, and Chris, and Cynthia, and everyone who works on this campaign, every volunteer, every ambassador, everyone who knocked on doors, everyone who made phone calls, everyone who allowed themselves to hope, and to believe, and to be inspired by one another, and to turn that into action, and into votes, and to do something that no one, no one thought was possible to build a campaign like this one, solely comprised of people, people from all walks of life, coming together, damning the differences and deciding that what unites us is far stronger than the color of our skin, how many generations we can count ourselves an American or whether we just got here yesterday, who we love, who we pray to, whether we pray at all, who we voted for last time. None of that small stuff matters now. It is the greatness to which we aspire and the work that we're willing to put into it to achieve it, by which we will be known going forward. And this campaign holds a very special place in the history of this country every day going forward. And you have made that possible. Sorry about the F-bomb. We have no control over what's in uh, the concession speeches. Yeah, and I think one thing to remember about, I mean, A, just the vote the, the vote count in the Beto race, like, is enough to be excited about. Um, just seeing how close it was. Because mm -hmm. that is a, I mean, guys, if you've never been to Texas, <laughs> it's like the Wild West out there. Yeah. Like, it's... Democrats don't compete, let alone no, do like, what Beto did. I, like, there's Austin, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> in oh, terms yeah. of like progressivism. Yeah, but but what we've seen what we've seen with the Beto race is that that's not it. Like, yeah. there's a lot of people that got excited about Beto all, all around the state, and you a lot of attention is being devoted to Beto. But I think it it's important to stress that there were huge upsets in Texas yes. that were not Beto. Lots of house races. Lots small, of women. Yeah. Lots of women of color won all over the country. So it's a little frustrating to see people being like, "Beto should run for president." I get why people are excited, but but. There were lots of women who ran and actually won. Yeah. <laughs> and like Beto's great. And I think uh, we should all be proud of Beto because he's fucking proud of us. But yeah. Perspective. Uh, yeah. The thing is, <laughs> the thing with Beto is like, I get why people, that's people's instinct, but it's like, you should win races before you run for president. <laughs> like, I mean, walk I, before you run. I you love, <laughs> like, I think Beto's a really great, great, great guy. And I understand why people think he's an attractive candidate, but like, you can't take, <laughs> like, 
obviously Trump won and I get that, but like you can't take somebody who just lost a smaller race and then be like, run for president. Yeah. Like, I, I get we're all excited. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, but the, the one thing I will say about Beto's campaign specifically is that one thing that people should be looking to Beto's campaign for is he put together an amazing fundraising effort mm -hmm. and people should be studying what he did for his fundraising campaign. A hundred percent. And on that note, guys, here is your good news. Let's start with the fact that more than 100 women were elected to Congress. That's awesome. That's huge. So NPR has a sort of mini list of firsts for women in this year's midterm elections. Uh, the first Muslim women, Democrat Rashida Tlib in Michigan's 13th district and Minnesota Democrat Ilhan Omar, from that state's fifth district, both became the first Muslim women elected to Congress. Awesome. Huge. Great. Youngest woman, we got a millennial in Congress. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez became the youngest woman elected to Congress. Is that the first? It can't be, right? Is 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 she the first DSA backed candidate to make it to Congress? She might be. I don't know. I, need I don't to, know. Yeah. I would like to look that up because I, I would like to know if that's true. But yeah. like that, I mean, it's a big victory. Huge. Uh, uh, it's big either way. Um, first Native American women elected to Congress. Democrat Sharice Davids won the House seat from Kansas's third district, unseating Kevin Yoder. And Democrat Deb Haland won the seat in an open race in New Mexico's first district. Um, that's especially huge considering it. Republicans are actively working to take away Native Americans' right yeah. to vote. Um, first black woman from Massachusetts, Democrat Ayanna Presley, uh, became the first black woman elected to Congress from Massachusetts. First women House members uh, from Iowa, Democrat Abby Finkenauer in Iowa's first district defeated Republican incumbent Rod Bloom, and Democrat Cindy uh, Axon, sorry if I mispronounce any of these names, in the state's third district defeated Republican incumbent David Young to become the Hawkeyes state's first two women elected to the House. Jesus. That's bananas, right? I mean, it is Iowa. <laughs> it is Iowa, but still. <laughs> uh, first Latina Congress members from Texas, Democrat Veronica Escobar in the state's 16th district, and Democrat Sylvia Garcia in the state's 29th district. That's, that's so big to me because, like, because Texas used to be Mexico. Like, yeah. Like, it, uh, they have such a big uh, Latin population. Mm -hmm. uh, and, like, these are the first two Latin women elected from Texas. Yeah. I mean, that's it, unbelievable. It's unbelievable, but, but it's also a huge achievement. And it's like, why aren't we talking about that as much as Beto losing? And, because again, I know, like, Beto, it was amazing that it was as close as it was, but it's like, Mm, these women won. I think well, I think a big <laughs> thing is that we just don't talk about house races. Like yeah. a lot of people didn't even know these races were happening or like we talk about very specific ones where you know um when there's like a, a story, you know, and then it's just like 
a lot of people don't know these house raises are even happening, yeah, who true. they are, what's going on. You know, it's it it sucks because like house representatives is really important. It is. It's it's one of the most important checks on say if you have a lunatic president. Yeah. Um. And then finally, first, uh, the first woman was elected governor of Iowa. Republican incumbent Kim Reynolds became the first woman elected governor in that state. Uh, so that is huge as well. Also, uh, Letitia James made history. She became the first black woman to win a New York-wide office. Wow. Um, she is the state's first black attorney general. Um, and... Progressive Haven, New York. <laughs> also, there were huge victories in Virginia. That yeah. was another uh, really big victory. A pair of Democratic women defeated Republican incumbents in that state. Um, Tim Kaine easily cruised to re-election over Corey Stewart. Um, state Senator Jennifer Wexton defeated incumbent Representative Barbara Comstock in the 10th District. And newcomer Elaine Luria unseated Scott Taylor. Yeah. Um, and then this is the one that got me like emotional. I think, yeah, I, I think uh, there were definitely a lot of big victories. I think a, a lot of uh, ballot and amendment initiatives were the big victories yes, last night. Which goes to show you that you yeah. should always know what ballots are uh -huh. on uh, your uh, or what amendments are on your ballot. Yeah. Um, so in Florida, we talked about this a lot on the show. Amendment four passed. Overwhelmingly. Overwhelmingly. What a huge victory. Another victory. I mean, I know everybody was focused on Gillum losing. Yeah. But first of all, that race was incredibly close. Mm -hmm. The fact that Andrew Gillum brought it. Speaking of future stars of the Democratic Party, yeah. Gillum is up there. Brought it hard. Brought it so hard. It was so close. If you had predicted five years ago that Stacey Abrams and Andrew Gillum would have run competitive campaigns like that, yeah. I think most people like in the know would have laughed at you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the fact that Amendment 4 passed overwhelmingly in the state of Florida is incredible. So here's how big this is. And I know I've talked <laughs> it up a lot on this show, but I really, really can't convey enough how huge this is. Mm -hmm. So Amendment 4 restored voting rights to convicted felons in Florida. Right. So what does that mean? 40% of black men in Florida just got the right to vote. That's un unreal. Yeah. It is the single biggest restorative measure to um, enfranchise voters since the Voting Rights Act. Also, as somebody pointed out, uh, if this had been passed in the last election cycle, yes. uh, Gillum would probably be governor. A hundred percent. Yeah. And let's think those of us who uh, lived through the 2000s, uh -huh. Florida is consistently so close yeah. to vote yeah, yeah. in any election, but especially national elections. Uh -huh. And now 40% of black men just got the right to vote back. Yeah. Huge. I would also, I would say uh, the next two years leading up to the 2020 presidential election, I, you know, with this, I mean, this is a, uh, what, a million and a half uh, votes, mm -hmm. you know, added back in. There are going to be some wild campaigns to disenfranchise voters. Oh, my God. Like, there will be a backlash to this. Yeah. Don't 
there was already, <laughs> you know, like during the 2000 election, there were so many people like purged off the rolls, yeah. quote unquote. There's going to be shady shit like that, but also this will probably be challenged in court. I'm yeah. sure the Republicans yeah, yeah, yeah. will do everything uh-huh. in their power. I mean, 40% of black men yeah. can now vote. Yeah. Republicans are going to lose their minds. The thing is, like, what's great about this is not only that it restores, like, you know, a million and a half uh, votes, but, like, the the felon the felon voting restriction has also been used to purge extra people off the rolls right, for so right. long because like if your name kind of matches a right. convicted felon you just get purged automatically and yeah. then it's your job to get restored on the rolls for some fucking reason you know like in a democracy <laughs> yeah they'll just like that's what happened in the 2000 election people were just purged for no reason because they're named not even because their name matched a f- convicted felon. It was kind of the kind same. Kind of close, yeah. You know, and they'll just purge it. Like, right. they'll just take it right off the rolls, and then, like, you have to go through so many hoops to get it yeah. added back. So, so like, there's no way this is going to go unchallenged, but how amazing that it passed overwhelmingly. It's so amazing. And this is what I mean about this election just planted seeds for future victories. Yeah. You could feel, like, just as Trump was elected in the backlash to Obama... This is now the backlash to Trump. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, you brag about sexually assaulting women. A hundred women just got voted uh-huh. into Congress. Okay, you are a racist piece of shit. Well, look at all of these, like, Latina, Latino, people of color getting elected to office. Like, there will be consequences for your actions. Yeah. And this midterm was a huge mandate yeah. for the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Huge. Like... God, I'm so bummed Nancy Pelosi is going to be yeah. the speaker of that. Like, here's the thing. I know everybody credits her for Obamacare, but uh-huh. I think that's generous. Yeah. Um, And also, Obamacare is very imperfect. Well, but the first thing she fucking said oh, I know. was the bipartisan shit. And it's yeah. like, did you watch the election? That's not why you picked up the House. Yeah. You picked up the House because people aggressively confronted Trump. Also, it's like, you know, I get that you, like... You could say something like that when you win all three houses of the government mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, we'll throw you a bone and we're going to be bipartisan. You won one piece of the legislature. Yeah. Like, that is not a time to start caving because yeah. they still have the other two. Also, remember how Trump uh, was so hateful towards your party that people were, or that, that guy was trying to blow you up? Yeah. Like, and now you're talking about being bipartisan. And like, like, what? like so many, I mean, I just don't get Nancy Pelosi. I just don't get she, it. She's like a fossil of the Democratic Party. She is what the party is like. They don't represent their base anymore. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I get that. Even I just don't understand. Like, p- so many high-ranking members of the Republican Party, including the president, have said heinous things about her specifically. Yeah. Not even like government, like personal attacks against her specifically yeah. as a person oh, yeah. and she's still just like yeah we're gonna work with them maybe about partisan it's like anything, what the hell do you have to do anything to cozy up to power like, yeah what do you have to do to get somebody to be like fuck this yeah. like <laughs> yeah like what do you have to do i don't understand well i mean and and more and more we see these younger candidates winning office because they embrace that aggressive stance yeah where they're like no i'm not gonna yeah. Meet you in the middle when you're proposing baby prisons. Also, yeah, just also the the point of a pluralistic government is the the whole point is so that there isn't you don't work together. Like you elect people that work for your values. Yeah. 
and then they are supposed to represent you in the government and fight for you. Yeah. That's the whole point. Who voted for the Democrats thinking, God, I hope they negotiate with the Republicans That's, more. Yeah, exactly. I hope they really compromise their values. Yeah, like... No one! What are it, you doing? It's like... Because the right is not doing that. The right doesn't they vote never do for that. bipartisanship. They never do that no. in the way the Democrats do that. No. Um, so, other good news before we spend the rest of the episode yelling at Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> uh, Idaho, Nebraska, and Utah voted to expand Medicaid. Awesome. More than 300,000 low-income Americans are on the brink of gaining coverage. That's great. Huge. Especially huge because... Everybody celebrated the fact that Republicans were not able to overturn Obamacare, but what right. they were doing on a state-by-state -state basis was gutting programs like Medicare and Medicaid, which by default undermine Obamacare. Yeah, it's what they do for everything. Yeah, it's like they can't win legislation, like legislative battles. Like it's like the abortion thing, right? It's mm -hmm. like they can't actually overturn over Roe v. Wade. They might now, right, but like right, they yeah. can't, but they, you know, they couldn't for the longest time. And so then it was like, okay, well, we'll just get rid of all the abortion clinics. And then yeah. like, it doesn't matter. Ban, yeah. It doesn't matter if it's legal or not, if you can't access it. Exactly. It's the same thing with healthcare. It's like, sure. Obamacare exists, but like they just made it to where like you can't access Medicare and Medicaid. And then all these insurance companies were jacking their prices up and it's mm -hmm. like, okay, well now Nobody can get health care, and then they blame it on Obamacare. Right. By the way, guys, um, I just got notified in the mail that my uh, coverage is jumping up $100 a month. Oh, great. And that's uh, Obamacare that, right? exists. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. <laughs> I have uh, through Metro Plus because see, I'm right. self-employed. Uh-huh. So I need to buy my own insurance. Great. But I'm looking into health first now because yeah. that's nutty. Yeah. That's so expensive. It's going up to like almost $700 a month. Yeah. And then the, the, the most maddening thing about that is like, yeah, they'll jack up the prices. And then Republicans are like, see what Obamacare is doing? It's like, like no, 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 That was not Obamacare. That was private insurance companies. Mm -hmm punishing us for yeah, Obamacare. Exactly. Uh so also in good news, Michigan uh voted for an anti-gerrymandering proposal. Um they approved voters in that state approved proposal 2 to change the way the state's political lines are drawn. So Detroit Free Press has an article about what happens now. Um the voters not politicians proposal passed with about 61% of voters in favor based on oh. unofficial results compiled by the Associated Press. The initiative will amend Michigan's constitution to create a 13-member independent citizens redistricting commission composed of four Republicans, four Democrats, and five people who don't identify with either party. Yeah, I'm sure they don't. <laughs> Like this is all like unidentified. How do you find those people? Like, what is the test for that? It doesn't exist. That's yeah. the, that is the most maddening thing about like quote unquote like the undecided or like the unaffiliated voters. That's bullshit. Right. They just you can say I don't identify with either party, but you have you have issues, mm -hmm. and like you clearly like these people. Like I don't understand this line of thinking where it's like yeah no no I I agree with. Uh, I agree with uh, elements of both sides. Do you really? Because mm -hmm. I don't think you do. I think that's a lie. Yeah. I, I have found in my experience that usually means libertarian, which means conservative. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, no, no, no. I, I, I like stuff from both sides. Like, do you? I like weed. Yeah. Okay. Well, how do you feel about women and immigrants and people of color? I don't like them. Yeah. But I like weed. Yeah. It's like, okay. 
cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Am I right? Like that that you're conservative. Like um but I think it's good obviously that Michigan voters rejected gerrymandering and that gerrymandering is like on the radar in these elections. Yeah. We never used to talk about gerrymandering. I think gerrymandering is one of those issues where I'm just like, how does this exist? Yeah. How did any well, how did we for get here? So long people didn't weren't even aware it was happening. They didn't understand it. And Republicans were very, very clever at quietly chipping away at elect at uh, voting rights through yeah. gerrymandering. I just think like the whole concept of gerrymandering and like the drawing districts is bananas. Yeah. Every state should just be split up into like a grid system mm -hmm. with straight lines yeah. and that's it. That's the those are the districts. Also, maybe we should abolish the Senate. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just an idea. Maybe. I'm sure the small states will love that. <laughs> but here's the thing, like there's a lot of confusion about what gerrymandering is. So a lot of people were pointing to the fact that there were way more people who voted for the Democrats than the GOP, and yet the GOP still won the Senate. Uh -huh. That is not a gerrymandering issue. No. That is an issue of the Senate not representing population. Um, and the fact that there were way more Democrats running for election this mm -hmm. time around. So, of course, yeah. more Democrats voted for them. Right, right. When you talk about gerrymandering, you're talking about the House races. Yes. That gerrymandering hugely affects the House. Whether the Senate should exist or not is a separate issue. Yeah. But maybe we should talk about it because it's ridiculous that states like California and New York have the same amount of represented uh, representation as states with like a fraction of the population. Yeah. And I get why, listen, this has been an argument we've been having in this country since the founding of this country. Uh -huh. States' rights, yeah. little states not wanting to feel like they're getting bulldozed by the big states. Right. But it is just, at a foundational level, absurd. I think so. I also am like, I don't know, I can't imagine a system that won't get gamed. So I don't know, right. I, you know what I mean? Like, I like parliamentary systems, but I'm also like, I just don't, I can't imagine something that won't get gamed. So it's like, can we go through all the work and then like, we'll end up with the same fucking problem. I, I think it would be, I think it would be worth having that conversation. Yeah. Because our population is now so skewed that it's just patently unfair yeah. to people who live in the more populated coastal states. Mm -hmm. that a fraction of the population is now dictating how we live? Like, what about our rights? Right. Like, we've been focusing on small states' rights for so long, but it's mm -hmm. like, now you're talking about millions and millions of people who don't get represented. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, the argument... I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, the argument is that, like, you need both the House and the Senate to pass things, and you get your extra representation in the House because you get more representatives, mm -hmm. which is not really true, mm -hmm. but that's the argument, right. you know? Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we should actually talk about it. Maybe we should just uh, burn it all to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this was huge in New York. The Democrats won a majority in the New York's Senate. Uh, as you have heard Eric and I scream about on the show so many times, uh -huh. we in New York City have a problem uh, with being underfunded because the, uh, the state Republicans, the upstate Republicans um, don't give us money. <laughs>
that's yeah. been allocated for New York City. The money that we pay into the system. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think people, a lot of people are like, you know, anytime you hear New York, for people's first thing is like, well, liberal New York. And it's like, no, no, no. New York's a huge state. Like, yeah. just geographically. First of all, we have a lot of conservatives in New York City. Yes, there are a lot of, I mean, Trump is from New York City. We got the New York Post. Come um, on. Uh, with the Proud Boys from New York City. Like, Wall Street. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but, like, you know, New York, big state geographically and with population. And, you know, uh, yes, New York has, like, a liberal, like, New York City has, like, a liberal enclave. But, like, the, like, the rest of the state, like, Pro- probably has the highest concentration of Confederate flags outside of the South. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like for people don't sure. understand. Literally, as soon as you leave the city of New York City, it's v- wildly conservative. Yes. It's very rural. And they do very con- not like the city. No, folk. they do not <laughs> like the city at all. Uh, it's very rural yeah. and very. conservative. Basically, we are surrounded. If you go into Pennsylvania, uh-huh. it gets real scary real fast. Yeah, <laughs> even Massachusetts, not that safe. Yeah, yeah. Um. So that obviously is a huge victory uh, for the state of New York and uh, New York City. So, oh, man. In in terms of a blowback to voter disenfranchisement, Kansas has got to be up there. Hell yeah. Democrat Laura Kelly defeated Chris Kobach. Bye, bitch. Uh, Bye, bitch. Did we ever establish if it's Kobach or Kobach? <laughs> Who, Who cares? cares? He's gone. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. But he was one of the biggest fans of voter disenfranchisement. Hmm. I wonder why. I wonder why. Did you see Ann Coulter was like, Kansas is dead to me. <laughs> I tweeted, I'm sure Kansas is devastated. Uh-huh. Um, bye. Yeah, he's out, defeated by uh <laughs> yeah, congratulations to Kansas on joining the coastal elites. Yeah. Can, like Kansas is so bad. A dude literally wrote a book called "What's the Matter with Kansas." Yeah, but this is what I mean about planting seeds for future victories. The message plays in Kansas. Uh-huh. If the message plays in Kansas, we can compete in fifty states. Yeah. If Beto can bring it that hard and almost beat Ted Cruz, we can compete in all fifty states. Yep. Absolutely. That's exciting. Yeah. That's really exciting. But what does that what does that prove to people like Nancy Pelosi? What's the message that played? Aggressive, aggressively <laughs> pro healthcare. Yeah. Um, you know, rejecting the Republican agenda of uh, xenophobia, of racism, of classism. That's how you win, mm-hmm. not by saying like, "Well, I'm sure we can get on the same page." No. You can't. No. You can't with fascists. No. And the people who got that fucking won. Yeah. Exactly. Don't listen to Nancy Pelosi for the love of God. Don't. Yeah. I, I think like. Yeah. It's just like. When these people. When these. I think what we're seeing. Yeah. Is that like once these people running these races realize that they don't have to soften their stances. I don't know why I pronounced the T and soften. That was weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything yeah, since uh, you brought it up. Uh, <laughs> like. When you don't dilute your message mm-hmm. and you actually talk about what you're pro, people turn out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, here's how huge this election was in terms of victories for the Democrats. We haven't even talked about Scott Walker. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, you like sentient potato. But he's been like 
the enemy of the left for so long. Yeah. He wasn't even in like the top 10 awesome things that happened during yeah, this election. That's bananas. Yeah. I mean, in terms of what people were talking about, like uh -huh. his defeat was huge. Yeah. Uh, he lost his bid for the third term in Wisconsin. His third term. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, Democrat Tony Evers uh, beat him. This is huge. But so many awesome things were happening during the election. I didn't see a ton of people talking no. about Scott Walker. No, no, no. I mean, Scott Walker was like villain number one in terms of gutting unions. Yeah. He was like the austerity king. Well, that's a, like that's the thing is like people like people have to talk about it more. Like that is like what Scott Walker did in Wisconsin. Like I I think you saw seeds of it like when the the uh, it was like mostly like the teachers unions and stuff yes. like like occupied the state house and then like all the cops showed up and like joined the protest yeah, yeah, yeah. like joined the protest it's like you saw seeds of it it's like yeah this is not a right versus left issue it's it's the it's the elite you know rich people led yeah. by scott walker against workers right and you saw like i'm sure you know everyone that occupied the state house they did not agree on political lines yeah. um and like you know we don't love cops uh you know right, yeah. but but like his uh his austerity measures and his like battle against unions affects everyone it affects all workers that's how much he sucks yeah he like brought together people who ordinarily wouldn't be in the same room together yeah. let alone agree on shit yeah, yeah he was sort of like uh pre-trump you right. know, Trump unified people in a similar way uh -huh. that's that uh, to uh, what Scott Walker did, which is Trump brought together people who like, look, we we probably don't have a lot in common yeah. or uh, or maybe even agree on a lot of stuff. But we can say like, hey, we shouldn't have baby prisons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's fucked up. Exactly. Like A lot of evangelicals in Texas voted for Beto. Yeah. Because they were like, this is fucked up what right. we're doing right now. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think like, you know, Scott Walker's defeat really shows that like. It's not like we have to stop talking about like I, I think the framing of like unionism and stuff like that as a right versus left issue is so off base because when it gets down to it, like uh, the right has unions, too, and uh, they will they're going to get fucked as well. And like it's 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 workers versus the elites right. most of the time. And so you're seeing a backlash to that with Scott Walker's defeat. Also, Scott Walker just sucks as a person um so yeah. uh, so it that's a lot of there's a lot of hope to be found in that and that, that like this is you know not just a right versus left issue but it, it it is really like the workers and the sort of middle and lower class of the country are really starting to turn out together mm -hmm. uh because they're, they're all getting fucked yeah yeah uh so also in good news jared polis made history he is the first out gay man gay man elected as governor and it's great because it happened in colorado which is where that baker was like i don't want to yeah. make cakes yeah for no gays and now you got a gay governor yeah so oops <laughs> i think the governor the guy the governor should like go call, in well call the bakery for like a victory yeah, cake can i get my victory cake <laughs> and i am very gay uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah he should a hundred percent do that i yeah. hope he will uh yeah i mean that's interesting too just because like again colorado is one of the states that people are like yeah they they got weed 
They're very liberal. Like, it's no. It's always what it comes down to. <laughs> Libertarians, man. Yeah. It's I like just, weed. Like, people are just like, yeah, they got weed. They're like real liberal. Like, they're really not. Like, no, they're Boulder's not. Like a, like, Boulder's pretty hip or whatever. When but like, I, I stayed with some friends in Denver uh-huh. uh, some years ago, and they endlessly talk about how they are surrounded by militias. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I mean, it's like, that. that's another thing about like, like states rights are talking about like the makeup of the house and stuff it's like people don't get like like most a bigger divide is like it's like cities are typically fairly liberal and then like rural areas are just overwhelmingly conservative well that's the thing everybody talks about we're not really red states and blue states we're a lot of purple yeah for that reason like within a state you'll have a very blue city yeah. That's surrounded by like red rural areas. Surrounded so really, by militias. <laughs> yeah, all of the states are more like purple. Yeah. You very I can't think of a single example that there's like a pure blue state or a pure red state. No, even like Vermont. Like Vermont is like very conservative and then they elected Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just like it's, it's just like all of them. Uh, I mean, there are a couple of like I would say there are a couple of southern states I can think of that are like very red. <laughs> Like that, yeah, but have, even like like what state? They usually have like a some major urban area. Mississippi, Mississippi is pretty conservative. Even yeah. the even the cities are like pretty conservative. Mm. Alabama is starting to have a couple bubbles, especially in like bigger cities like Birmingham. Yeah. Um, and Huntsville, Alabama, but like. Yeah, I would say the future of that is every red state will have. A uh, yeah, city. there's always going to be enclave. I mean, yeah. it's it's hard to no no. No state is a monolith. I think Mississippi is probably the closest one I can think of. Right. That is just like, I mean, even then there are some liberal victories there. Uh, yeah. But like, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, it goes back kind of like, that's kind of the argument against the Senate. It's just like, you know, no, no one person can represent an entire state. Sure. It's just, it's just impossible now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so also this made me laugh very hard. Do you remember Kim Davis, everyone? Oh, do I remember Kim Davis? She was the lady uh, in Kentucky who was a clerk at the uh, in Rowan County who refused to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples. Well, great update. She lost her county clerk seat. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Wow. She lost to Elwood uh, Caudill Jr., <laughs> who she defeated in 2014 by just 23 votes. Wow. Cottle received 4,210 votes in the final total, approximately 700 more than Davis. Nice. Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, I hope nobody ever talks about her again. (laughs) I just, like, just take your L, go home. Yeah. Uh, This was also a huge deal in Massachusetts. Uh, voters upheld transgender rights law. That is great. That's uh, very good. Yeah, they supported the state law that protects transgender people from discrimination in public accommodations, including bathrooms and locker rooms, rejecting efforts by opponents to repeal the two-year-old law in the first statewide referendum in the U.S. on transgender rights. Man, two years. They couldn't even give it two years. <laughs> they freaked out that much. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, but that was a huge deal. A lot of people were desperately pleading with people, <laughs> like relatives that they know in Massachusetts yeah. or just people they know in Massachusetts to uphold this yeah. uh, law that protects transgender people because obviously the Trump administration has waged war on transgender just people. Just all-out war. All-out war. So this was a, a big, 
while yeah. we do still value state rights, mm -hmm. <laughs> a huge precedent for a state to set. Yeah, that's great. My home yeah. state of Alabama, just aggressive failure. Yeah. <laughs> they passed um, an amendment, basically a personhood amendment. Cool. Uh, that just, there's no way it will stand up to scrutiny. It's going to be challenged in the Supreme Court. I think. Oh, yeah. This, I wanted to talk about this in the bad news section. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they passed Amendment 2, granting full legal rights to fertilized eggs. While so, laying the groundwork to strip women of their legal right to make their own reproductive decisions. Now, something that uh, originally I was like, I knew this was going to pass because it's Alabama. Guys, don't sure. go there. It's terrible. No, I'm just kidding. It's, <laughs> some parts are nice. Um, uh, I knew it was going to pass. And then I was like, it'll just get, it, there's no way it can stand up to legal scrutiny. But a point that Faith brought up when we were talking this morning as I was getting ready to leave that I had not thought about is that there is definitely going to be a push to get something to the Supreme Court now that Kavanaugh is uh, on, uh is seated. And this will be it. It could be. Yeah. Is that? The, I think they're just going to start throwing everything at the Supreme Court. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, yeah, they need because you can't uh, the bench the 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 bench as it's called the Supreme Court they can't just they can't unilaterally make decisions. No. Uh, they have to uh, rule on some case. Yeah. So in order to, they can't just like have a meeting and decide to overturn. We're getting rid of abortion. Yeah. yeah they like, have to hear from like a lower court. There has to yeah. be a case that gets taken all the way to Supreme court. Right. And then that's how they create president. Right. So now that Kavanaugh is seated and they have a very conservative majority, there's going to be a, case uh i don't know if it'll be this one but something some sort of state law is going to i think get pressed all the way to supreme court um in order to overturn roe v wade yes uh so it could be this it could be another one i don't know but i think you're gonna see uh court challenges in all 50 states yeah i think they're just gonna throw everything till something gets up there yeah, yeah. so yeah i think like more states will start passing laws like this in the hopes that it Obviously, it won't. In the hopes, not that it'll remain state law. It's like cr get something passed yeah. so that it will get challenged. So and that then it'll we go can to start the, the process, and yeah. then you, to get it to the Supreme Court. Because yeah. once it gets to the Supreme Court, then it's in their hands. I'm sure this was like in the works the moment. Oh Kevin yeah, of course, absolutely. Yeah. So so um so that's that's what's dangerous about it. Is like sometimes sure. cause, it seems nutty. You're like, there's no way it'll stand. But yeah. The, it, this is the ulterior motive. Yeah. If they get it to the Supreme Court, then there's a real chance of like overturning Roe v. Wade right. uh, in, in creating precedent for this type of thing. And right. then they also passed, Alabama passed a fucking, I think they passed an amendment uh, to have the Ten Commandments at the State House. <laughs> just because Roy Moore will not go the fuck away. <sighs> just like, oh my God. Even, what's funny is that like, Alabama is very bad. Even my conservative relatives are just like, really? <laughs> like, do we have to? This is to? what I mean. Like, when people are losing their health care and, like, losing their homes and, like, actual bad things are happening uh -huh. to white people, <laughs> you think the white people would be like, I don't give a shit about the Ten Commandments, <laughs> yeah. dude. Like, I need a job. Right. I need to be able to pay for my family. Like, even there's only a certain amount of absurdity even a southern white man <laughs> yeah. will put up with yeah you yeah, know yeah, yeah after a while uh -huh. I, I hope yeah absolutely yeah. i mean yeah like even like i said my my parents my my relatives in alabama are very conservative and even they were just like the fuck why yeah just let it go oh boy. <laughs>
So did I have anything else that I want? Oh, yeah. This race is bananas and it's still going on. Uh, so also in Texas, pretty early on, a lot of media outlets called a race in the 23rd Congressional District for a Republican named Will Hurd. And then like today, it's Wednesday, some outlets have reversed it, and now they're saying Gina Ortiz Jones, the Democrat one. Whoa. But I think it's still too close to call. But that was wild to see. I mean, the media almost never reverses a yeah, report yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. and some outlets have reversed it. So, But again, even if uh, Heard ultimately wins, this is another city in Texas where a, a woman, a Latina woman, brought it so close that so they don't hard, know yeah. who won i this brings up a great point i the media's gotta chill the fuck out they call races so fucking fast some races can be called very early i get that like sometimes like you get like you know they know from projections and stuff like that I like get beto it. and cruz they they called pretty fast yeah and, but i had a feeling like some Kornacki person crunched the numbers and was like, yeah, he can't Some win. of those races, I mean, I think you can even go on the AP's website and they have like a breakdown of how they call races, right. like with the projections they use to to call races. It's very, because like I know um, Parker had a, Parker Malloy had a Twitter thread about this yesterday because uh -huh. like a lot of times they'll call races with like 5% reporting and people will be like, it's a conspiracy, yeah. you know? No, sometimes you can just do the math yes. and figure it out. But you've got to be sure. Yeah. Like this this happens every election cycle and it's just because like they're not it's because they're so invested in being first mm -hmm. and it is causing this like it is ca causing real damage this woman could have conceded yeah yeah if no. she didn't have a team surrounding her being like do not concede so like, that brings up another point and i have a question about this and i don't know if it's just anecdotal evidence that's like biased in my own head but seems like to me that democrats concede elections way faster than republicans yeah why i don't i mean i i i don't have any statistical data to back that up i i would be very shocked that's not the case like, statistically i am legit so proud of stacy abrams yes. that she's like go fuck yourself i'm yeah. not conceding uh -huh. don't fucking concede it's because it's the nancy pelosi thing it's because democrats are so fucking scared of being seen as being combative or divisive where yes. it's like we need to come together right now like this has happened in a few presidential elections where it is almost 50 50 and the democratic candidate concedes i also wonder Why? i also wonder if that's fallout from bush gore because for some fucking reason like gore was right not to concede a hundred percent but but it caused such a fucking problem that the Democratic Party is like, well, we can't be seen as being sore losers or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, it is it's just wild to me. It's not that you're a sore loser. It's that people went to the bother of voting for you. I know. These yeah. are people who support you and you should respect their vote enough. I, my personal opinion, and this might be a little out of bounds, like for yeah. a lot of them, I don't think anyone should ever concede a race. I think you should demand that the Board of Elections certify a winner. A hundred percent. Count all the votes and decide a winner. It's not you being combative. It's you respecting the process. Yes. And saying, I want every vote counted. Like, I don't... Under yeah, the, the this race to, like, concede elections, like, to seem as... A, it, it's all, like, this very, like, handshakey, like, well, I respect my opponent and he won or whatever. But it's like, fuck that. Count all the yeah. votes and decide a winner. And listen, like, Stacey Abrams might ultimately 
concede, but I was just proud that in the moment she was like, no, it's too close. No, those, some of those polls in Atlanta didn't close till 10 p.m. or later last night. Yeah. Like, fuck that. Count all those votes and we'll just, we don't have to, like, I don't know where we got this idea that, like, the 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 elections have to be decided on election day. No. Like, yes, like, everybody votes on one day. I get that. That's nice. But, like, but you know, some of those polls stay open till 9 or 10 p.m. Like, count all the votes first yeah and in terms of like we have to be unified like what are you afraid like revolution's not going to break out overnight because we don't have a governor in georgia right now you know like things will be fine yeah like the mechanism will still work also yeah whoever wins the election doesn't become governor immediately (laughs) they're still like they're still an inauguration process they still have to finish out their term like there's no reason it has to be done that night like like I said, I my personal opinion, if I was like a political consultant, which believe me, I've thought about because it, it sounds thrilling, <laughs> but like uh is like never concede. No. Don't ever concede. No. You count the votes and you make the official declare the winner. By the way, that is the philosophy philosophy of the Republican Party and a lot of conservative consultants. Yes. You don't ever concede. So it's like if that's their mentality, why can't we have that mentality? It's like, no, you don't concede if it's that close. If it's a blowout and your opponent wins by 70%, yeah, concede. But when there's still I still would not concede. Votes. I would not concede on principle because I would say what you were saying earlier. It's yeah. like I understand that they're going to win. I want every vote counted. If oh, you, yeah. Like wait till the votes are counted. If you voted, your vote deserves to be counted. Right. And if, even if it's a blowout, even if it's 70-30, it's like those 30% still went out and voted. No, no. I meant in terms of like court challenges. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like don't cha- don't challenge a, the vote. Yeah. There's a moment where you're like, yes, I have definitely lost. But definitely count every vote. Let the votes be counted and let the Board of Elections certify a winner. And then like if it is like a problem, then you can challenge it in court. But like let them certify a winner. Yeah. That's the job. I do job. wonder how much of that is like the 24-hour news cycle where they're kind of like, okay, people are bored now. We got to move on. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. Like, uh, look, I nobody likes watching election results more than me. (laughs) Nobody. (laughs) It is like sports to me. I love it. I might like it more than (laughs) I. I was at work last night on my computer. I was about to do a show. Yeah. And I was like refreshing. Uh, I love it, but like, I just like watching them. I'm nobody's gonna like. I people this is the problem with like this idea of like you know all these like corporately owned media outlets they need ratings to yeah. make money it's like everybody's so in a race to be it first it behooves them to like call it and move on yes so i think that's a huge part of it it's too. a problem um, like like i said like it is it would have been i think very reasonable and for stacy abrams to have conceded last night I don't think it would have been unusual. I think people would have been like, yeah, that's usually what happens. Exactly. What's unusual is that she's like, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the problem. It's like, and for everything that they, for as much as I respect media outlets and for as much protesting as they get, they do influence elections and it is a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have got to stop calling races before the polls close. They have got to, like, it's a problem mm. because it does affect people. Right. It absolutely affects people. And that's why, like, you're, like, it was a problem last night when Sarah Huckabee Sanders came out with an official White House uh, uh, statement before the polls closed. You can't do that. Right. So, yeah, I just wanted to end things, guys, by saying thank you for voting. You did really good. Uh, thank you for telling your friends and family members to vote. I'm very optimistic. 
I am. I think, are, I think a lot of great things happened. I think we have huge fights ahead of us. There are huge fights. I think the biggest takeaway from this election is that you can, <laughs> you can uh, accomplish a lot when you actually run candidates, yeah. uh, when you don't compromise, and when you get out the vote. Yeah, and I think the the true liberal message can run in all 50 states. Yep. I think we got to run far away from this bipartisan bullshit that Nancy Pelosi sang. I think if we we really really focus on expanding healthcare for everyone, um if we have an inclusive message, if we uh, welcome refugees with open arms. If we reject xenophobia, we reject racism, we will win. And if yeah. we, can you imagine what the results would have been without gerrymandering? No. Overwhelming. Yeah, so if we good. address, if we uh, enfranchise people to vote, if we get rid of this gerrymandering bullshit, we'll win. Also, yeah, I will just say, it, it, you know, uh, I would like to. I don't know that anything's been released yet. I would love to see the turnout numbers for the whole country. Mm. Um, I mean, young people for sure brought it. Yeah, I, my my guess is that turnout is way up. Um, especially early voting was way up. Yeah, early voting is way yeah. up. My guess is that uh, turnout overall way up. Great, thank you for voting. It is gonna be an absolute fucking nightmare for the next two years. Yeah, leading up to the next presidential election, yep. it is gonna be. A straight up street fight. Yeah. Like, and this and is why I keep saying, like, we are planting seeds. Yeah. Because we have to think in the long term. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be a street fight. Like, You're right. Like up I said, like, then. I mean, Florida just enfranchised 1.5 million, like, if you overwhelmingly the, black voters. It is going to be hell yeah. on earth for the next two years. If you and think the GOP is just going to let that slide. Yeah, no. No. And they'll like, do everything in their power to reverse that. It's going to be happening for the next two years in preparation for the 2020 election. So, like, get involved in everything else for the next two years. Yes. Like don't like don't don't let your civic duty of voting once every two years be the end of it. Exactly. And but this should also, if you are feeling excited, if you are feeling optimistic, it's like good. Tuck that feeling away into your heart. Yeah. Let it carry you. Let that yeah, let that motivate you. But like, like this is what it could be. Yeah. And this is what it could be when the system is still very much rigged against us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. how many of us there are. Right. You know? So if you were feeling alone or scared because of the election of Trump, you know, like, again, let this feeling motivate you yep. going forward. And in the words of Beto. I'm so fucking proud of you guys. And guys, we too are so proud of you. Thanks for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. 